All right, duck. What are you doing? Hey, old shug. Where are you going? Who's that lad? Who's that lad? Voice notes, lad. Voice notes, lad. It's Liam. Hello everybody, welcome to episode 13 of the Voice Notes podcast with myself, Liam Self. A little bit late um, for you, um, so I do apologise. Episode 13, presented by our friends at Faster Pasta, Cambridge's premier fresh pasta delivery service. Um, but yeah, a little bit late, sorry, a day late. Um, so you're all doing a collective eye roll right now. Why is it on a fucking Thursday, not a Wednesday? Um, so it was only last night that I realised that I was late. For the episode, um, it's the bank holiday. Blame the bank holiday. It's throwing me out of whack. But I was going to bed last night. As I was brushing my teeth, I just looked on my phone, and it was—I don't know—I've was, been in a bit of a blur recently, anyway. But I was looking. I just looked at my phone. And I thought, "Oh, it's only it's Thursday now." But I was like, "Huh?" But I, I was aware of what the days were. But I always was going to record. I was going to record today anyway. Obviously, it's going to go out on, on the same day. Um, but I was, yeah, I was just completely fucking out of whack. So apologies for that. Certainly the second time that's happened. Hopefully, it's not a habit. But I hope you've had a good week. Uh, it's a few quid. What? Um, yeah, hope you're all well and taking care. Um, but yeah, it's um, also a little bit of news with the podcast. Um, a great pleasure to tell you. Um, I, not that I didn't tell you all on uh, Instagram. But um, it's now available, the podcast is now available, Voice Notes podcast is now officially available on Spotify and SoundCloud. So now it's on social media, which, um, uh, yeah, if you follow, please do, if you don't follow, please follow Voice Notes podcast um, on social, on um, on just social media, on Instagram, sorry. And if you want to see me, see the tweets, at SelfieBoy13. But, um, yeah, I thought something just came over me on Friday, I think it was Good Friday, and I thought, you know what, I'm gonna post it on I'm, I'm gonna post it on SoundCloud. Because I had a SoundCloud account anyway, it was on my Twitter, the, the link, and it was just empty. It was just nothing on there. So I thought, why the fuck not? So I put it on there. Another thing to get the podcast out there. So um uh, click the relevant links in the bio and obviously follow and like, subscribe, follow, all that jazz, please. But um yeah, hope you've all had a good week. This kind of crazy bipolar weather week we're having right now. It's um yeah, a bit fucking. It was lovely last. It feels like last year now. If like last week or so, around this time last week, it was absolutely gorgeous, and then it completely turned in the last few days. I don't know. I'm not sure if I sound bunged up. I feel a bit bunged up. I've been sneezing like a sneezing like the clappers. Um, not sure if that's the actual saying, but anyway, um, it's. It's so fucking freezing. It's so cold. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous, I say. But, no, um, so you might be able to hear the dogs back there, but, no, it's absolutely, it's freezing. It's snowing. It's like, on and off, like, hailing snow the other day. I was looking out the window. I was like, it's fucking, it's April. Fucking April, and it's doing this. So, I was a bit, it's just, it's just a bit annoying, obviously, with pubs coming back next week. Um, everyone's still going to go anyway because people are just people have missed it so much. But I think just there's that funny meme of uh, or meme, whichever you prefer, of there's like the, the ice man, the snowman, so the ice man, the snowman outside with a pint like pubs next week. Be like, I'll post it on the uh, social media. But yeah, it's uh, like hopefully it's April, so I hope it's it's supposed to be spring. It's the sun is shining. But there's the cold winds are arising, so it's not um, it's not pleasant. And taking the dogs out for a walk, I'm still wearing my shorts, still rocking the shorts, because I just yeah I yeah I, I wanted to be summer. I'm trying to will it into existence, I'm trying to put it in there. But um, yeah no. But other than that, kind of pretty uneventful week. Just been sort of taking care of myself. In regards to, I know you didn't ask, but I'll talk, I'll tell you about myself anyway. Just been kind of taking care of myself. Been watching, I've watched, I've watched a lot of films, and just yeah, like I said, like the back end of last week's podcast, just kind of taking taking care of myself and sort of taking the time to have a bit of a mental break from a lot of things, and um, yeah, just taking care. But other things, I've watched so much te- like telly, I've not been able to 
I don't know. I've, I've not watched this much telly in a long, long time. It's crazy. Like shows like The Circle, which is quite popular. I don't entirely get it. I know it's all about catfishing, but they don't see each other. It's like they're in a hotel room or they're in a hotel block, aren't they? And it's all about you know giving off. Is, is it like fifty grand or hundred grand they win? But I don't quite know. It's it's quite weird. Because I came across it on Gogglebox, and once you've seen the sort of clip they're watching on Gogglebox, you've seen the whole episode, so there's no real need to watch what they're watching because you've, they've pretty much just kind of ruined it. I switched off when they were watching the Line of Duty thing. Because I was like, oh, no, no, But I've caught up with that one now. That's the thing with Gogglebox, because when they show... There was that... Um, they were watching that TV show in um, with Jude Law, the one on Sky Atlantic that was recently. And... You see the first, they show like, say, it's like, it's like a ten, five, ten minute clip of the, these families watching him, watching it, and then it kind of ruins the whole episode for you. You're like, might as well just skip to the fucking second one. But Gogglebox is, is that, do people still watch that? I know my parents do. They're like, my mum's like, oh, we need to watch Gogglebox. We need to, we've not watched last week's, but I'm not sure if like, because that, that was massive when that happened. Sorry, I'm going to have to go away, stop recording, and look after the dog two seconds i'll be back and we're back sorry about that i just had to kind of tend to the dogs because they were barking like a pack of bastards but um yeah gogglebox gogglebox was such a weird phenomenon when it started because it was it was so it's quite cool it was when it, it still is quite a funny thing i i quite like which i know they get a bit of hate the brother and sister from yorkshire there's the skinny lad and then his sister are they twins but like he's incredibly skinny. He's like skin and bone. He's like like hundred pounds soaking wet. Like it's ridiculous. Um, but they're quite funny. They're they're very they're just they're very quick and quite funny. So they're sort of on screen chemistry are quite good. But there's other people. I don't like dislike anyone on there. It's less, less, it's quite it's quite. I don't. I'm not sure why I don't like it. I think it might have just passed its sell by date. Like it's the sort of novelty of it is is over now. There's there's still some like good clips from it. There's that classic one of the two um, the gay guys where he's like, "We oh, we'll love a bad boy, don't don't we all love a bad boy, don't we?" It's like not fucking terrorists, Chris. And that's one of the best clips ever. <laughs> that's, that's a proper good clip. But I don't know if yeah, it's not that I don't like the people on there. I don't find them irritating. It's just that I think it's just past. I think it's just classic. It's just past the sell by date. But people obviously still watch it. Um, it always gets me that. The guy who does it is like in London. But he, oh, I can't think of anything. I've not prepared anything. Um, but Gogglebox, like um, first dates. First dates, I think, is probably a bit more downhill now. They've not been. They've probably not been able to do it because of COVID. They've probably found a way. But like you have a date for a Zoom, like a first date Zoom. Which would just be sad viewing. Actually, it'd be really sad. Um, no, first dates. I used. To, I actually applied for first dates years ago when um, I was just single and depressed, and I just thought, why not? Because it'd just be quite a fun thing. And that's when it was quite probably when it was most of its optimum uh, like popularity. I thought I'd get into it. You have to. You'd have. I remember the application process was like. I think I just did the basic application process. I. So I ha you have to do like a video of yourself, like saying this is why I'd be good and a bit of a story about you, and you have to give consent a lot of things. I didn't do the video though because I was a bit too. If you've if you've seen my pieces to camera of where I'm promoting the next episode of the podcast, you'll understand how uncomfortable and you know kind of awkward I look. So doing that um i probably would have gone telly that's the <laughs> i probably because if, if it was a really awkward video like oh hi i want to uh, first names would have been um probably would have been on the telly but i think that fred's quite charming he's still the kind of go-to guy the waiters and waitresses they're a bit too fucking involved for me like they're just you know yeah i know you're in the show but fucking pipe down i i, have, I actually don't um they're just a bit too involved. It's just like, and they because it's always like when they someone goes to the toilet, goes, how are they getting on? Oh my god, this, he's lovely, isn't he? And like I'd be like, yeah, fucking back off. Like it's, like, you're trying to fucking slide in here. But it's 
Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. Not, I know they're doing the thing, they did the First Dates Hotel, which I'm not, I've never watched. I don't think it's that good. Um, also on First Dates, I call me a, a bastard for this, but I do not care for the old people on there. When they go on there, I'm like, I switch off straight away. So like, fuck, I don't care. Sorry if that's, you know, me being a bit, bit cruel. But you know what I mean, though. Like an eight, like eighty-five. I know it's all about companionship and stuff like that. But I don't know. I, I maybe I won't even live to be eighty-five. But I, do you know what I mean? Like it's just, you know what I mean? Like I, I, I no, I've no, I don't really care for it because it's just, I don't know. Maybe I'm just being ageist. Who knows? Who knows? But um, yeah, first dates. I think that is more past its sell by date than Gogglebox because it is just the same thing. At least with Gogglebox, they're watching different things each week. I don't know you could say it's different people each week, but it's pretty much the same, isn't it? Because it's just like the same. Because there's always like the set, everyone's got a story to tell. Everyone's like, oh, you know, you know, she left me, and you know, and then not, it was I was heartbroken for fifteen years, and. I'm not saying I'm not poking fun of that, or it's just kind of the same. It's like the whole, but um, like the X Factor thing years ago. You couldn't get on there without a story. You, it seemed like you couldn't get on there without a kind of sob story to tell. But it just it, it does just gets very samey, and it's nice when you see these people because I know they've done episodes where people on the first date they've been on first dates, and as a result of that first date, they are now married with children. They've built a life together, which is fantastic. It's great to see. I'd be interested to watch that because that's quite cool. And that'd be like kind of like fun thing like this where it all began and a weird a kind of a, a bit of a punt on it, but that'd be interesting. I'd, other than that, yeah, first dates. I used to I used to really really like it, but now it's an it's an it's a no from me, um, as Simon would say. But Gogglebox, I'd say it probably still has life in it because they can because the personalities on it. Everyone everyone really loves the personality. The best people on there are the woman. The two best mates, the the woman and the the man and the woman in the caravan. I don't know the names, but they're fucking TV gold. They're they're hilarious. They're hilarious. She's funny, and he's like they complement each other so so much. They're brilliant. But yeah, they're the best people. There's like oh, there's the is it the Sadiqs? There's the two lads and the dad. Lads and the dad. They're funny. They're quite good. They're dead clever as well. When you know it's. Um, Every time when there's like a quiz show on there, like they're the ones who get get it right every single time, and they're not they're not they like not shocked. You know when you get like a question, you get a question right on University Challenge, you're like, oh fucking bang on, get in there. You kind of surprise yourself. They're just like, yep, yeah, cool, standard. It's uh, knew it was that, <laughs> not a big deal. But they're funny because they're not just trying to be. You can tell when a few, I don't know. You can tell when a few people are being a bit extra, but they're not being extra at all. I think they're just being themselves. But maybe you can. I don't know. Don't watch it enough to really have that much of an opinion of it. But I've been speaking about it for the last ten minutes, so <laughs> um, yeah. Gogglebox, a lot of telly, kind of watching. Yeah, no interest in the old people. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I won't. I'm uh, carrying on with that. Other telly as well, but I've been watching. Realise I'm big, big Seinfeld fan. Not sure if anyone else is a big Seinfeld fan, but recently I've just been kind of going a bit off Jerry Seinfeld. Every time I've seen him in anything. He just very comes across like really, really smug, and it's just like, oh, this guy's a bit of a prick. Like I really love, like I lo- I love Kirby Enthusiasm more than I really like I like Seinfeld, because it's just a much better show, and it's just it, yeah, it's just far better. But Seinfeld, it's just very, it is very smug. Like his um, coffee and cars and comedians, that's just fucking. Ugh, like piss off! Like, so, I don't, I, I don't, I've not, I've only watched a couple of episodes. I watched like the one with Chris Rock, and I think I've watched the one. I've watched a couple. I can't, I, I can't, you know, pinpoint much. But it, Seinfeld is just very smug, just very kind of like very self-satisfied, very. But if you had probably five hundred million, five hundred million in your bank, and you were everyone's fucking stroking you off every left, right, and centre, you'd be, uh, you'd be pretty. Pretty fucking there, pretty smug. But no, I might. It might affect my viewing of Seinfeld again. Not sure. I've not seen Seinfeld for years, but I do love the show still. But Seinfeld, Jerry himself, mm, yeah, a bit, bit out of that. But 
Also as well, a um, bit of sporting news. Oh yeah, it's the return of the the fucking fantasy and it's, it's spicing up now. It's spicing up, boy. But a little chat on because I watched the boxing on Saturday. I watched um, uh, the Carl Frampton fight and that was... Because I've been looking forward to that fight and it was on Channel 5 actually so it was quite good so you can obviously just watch it, tune in for free. I knew, I knew nothing about the boxer... He was the guy Herring who was fighting beforehand. Um, but I'm a massive Carl Frampton fan. I've always loved his fights and always loved him as a, as a fighter and his personality as well. Because he's just quite a down to earth kind of blue collar guy and you know, just really just his fights are just entertaining. He's a great he's a great fighter. And I listened to a podcast, him him on the high performance podcast with Jake Humphrey, and he was talking about this fight and he was talking about his like journey and whatnot. I'd re- I'd recommend that podcast anyway if you wanna um, if you're you know, a sports fan, if you're because they interview people, high high performance like athlete type performance people in business, so on and so on, like actors, artists, blah blah. blah. But this one with Carl Frampton, it was just he's always said. I know I've watched a couple of documentaries on him as well. He's always said like he he's he kind of when he retires, he wants to because he's because he's made his family has made so many sacrifices for him, like his wife. It's because him and his wife are married quite young. They've got a young family, and he the life as a boxer. You know, you have to go away quite a lot, and he's he's never for one moment um, when he's been asked about that kind of shied away or you know not put put any light on you know on his family and how much of a help they've been. And it was clear to see at the end of that fight when he lost. It was unfortunate because he just yeah, I think I'm just a bit a step too far. Maybe I'm not sure if that's fair, but it was quite um it's quite sad to see him lose that and lose it the way he did. He went down a couple of times and. Herring was just the better man. I'd never, I'd never seen the other guy fight before, but he was a really, really good fighter. But um, I, um, yeah, you could see he was clearly emotional at the end, and it was just um, again he was just talking about his family, like, and I think it's, I think he's win, lose or draw, he was always going to retire, but obviously he wanted to retire on you know on a high like free weight world champion, and that's you know, you know, an, an amazing achievement like for some, and probably you could argue he's one of or if not the greatest fighter from the island of Ireland. Like, he two-way world champion, you know, unified world champion as well. Like, he brought... he's He he had some fucking great nights as a fighter. He went to... Like, the Santa Cruz fight, obviously, that sticks out. The one in Brooklyn. Um, the one in fact, obviously, lost the second fight. But even before that, the Kiko Martinez fight, the first one was great. And then the second one, when he won the world title, I think that was at Windsor Park... Um, the squat, the, the squat quig, the Scott quig unification fight. That was fan- the, that wasn't a great fight, but that was the build up to that was brilliant, and that was a that was, I think that is one of like the only fights you can sort of pick out in the last few years, the last like ten years or so, where they've actually gotten it done when it should have been done. Say because they always because everyone always says about the the Pacquiao Mayweather fight, they, it happened, but it should have happened five years earlier. <laughs> That happened at the exact right time because they were both world champions and it was both a massive unification fight, both undefeated, and that was like a real rivalry there. It was like England versus Northern Ireland. It was brilliant. It was like Frampton had a history with Eddie Hearn and Matchroom and Barry McGuigan. He was on Barry McGuigan's um, uh, promotion like Cyclone. But that was a, that, the build-up was brilliant because there was a, the, you could really tell that like really tell that there was an anim, there was animosity there and it was brilliant and. Yeah, I've followed Carl Frampton's career probably since the first Kiko Martinez fight, um, when that was a bit of a barnstorm. And then the second, the second one when he won the world title was absolutely brilliant. I think I was like coming back from holiday when I watched. I watched that when I came back from holiday, and that was amazing. I tried to get tickets for the uh, uh, Avalos fight. Was it Chris Avalos? Um, but yeah, that that was his like coming back fight after like. His, because the IBF, because he won the IBF world title, and anyone who's a boxing fan, like you, kind of question because you have to seem to when you win the IBF, you have to fight like an absolute the person who's completely no disrespect to him. Obviously, he's, a, he's still a fighter. He's you know still respect respect to him, but it's not. There's they always put the mandatory fighters as someone who's completely you know not at the same level as the actual as the actual champion. Remember they did that with Kell Brook when he won, and he had to fight like. Jojo Dan and fucking Gavin Reese. I can't remember the the guy's name. 
Jason Gavin or something. But I remember the Jojo Dan fight, that was just ridiculous because it was just clearly a class above and like you have to question like the IBF's mandatories. But Carl Frampton and the, obviously the um, the Josh Warrington fight as well, that was a great, great fight. And he said that he said in the podcast he really took like cause he because he always just um, with the Scott Quigg fight, I remember he's like he always said like his boxing brain is is just far superior, his boxing IQ is far superior, he's got you know a lot of he's you know got a lot of power as well, obviously. Um, for a featherweight fighter but he just kind of took Josh Warrington a little bit for granted in that fight which was very and that's and that's just obviously he just talks about that sort of whole experience being quite humbling and like the first round he you know just was a bit uh, sh- took, sh- like shook and like the game plan went out the window as, as such but he was involved in some amazing, amazing fights, and I think the the one that probably was always stick out is the Santa Cruz fight because that was when he became the two weight world champion. He's fighting Leo Santa Cruz in Brooklyn. Obviously, Leo Santa Cruz was unbeaten then, and kind of un, untouchable really, and just a great, great fighter as well. But that was a fantastic fight, and I remember that's that's one of those fights where you think. God, if he wins that, it'd be amazing. But you're kind of thinking he's not going to win it. I don't think he's because it's just he needs to kind of get the knockout almost, or it needs to be a really convincing um, decision, like a unanimous unanimous decision, because like they're that they're that good. And they're, obviously, it's an, out in America because you always fit because you you get excited for these big fights when British um, fighters go over to America, like the Liam Smith going over to fight Canelo. You're kind of excited for that, but you kind of you're not because you want him you want them to win obviously as a British fighter but they're not going to if you're a British fighter going to fight Canelo in Dallas you're not getting the you're going to have to knock him out which is going to be a hell of an effort because yeah there's no way you can um, win on in Dallas especially but you might as well be fighting Guadalajara it'd be interesting I'd love to see Canelo fight I think I spoke this when Tyler Goodwin was on the podcast I'd love to see Canelo fight in Mexico, that'd be like in the Azteca Stadium. That'd be fucking incredible. Like just watching that, and obviously if you can get people back in the stadiums. But anyway, I completely digress. Carl Frampton, um, one of my favourite fighters ever. Like really great, a stellar career and an absolute champion from like beginning to end. Like just a and just a really great, really kind of good man as well. Like a family man, you know. Never forgot, never forgot where he came from. That you know, I wouldn't, I can't recommend that podcast anyway. Um, more the Jack Humphreys podcast the high performance one but that episode especially when he talks about you know being from Belfast obviously coming like was born into like the tail end of the troubles and that's that I find that time period just fascinating anyway but yeah a great sort of um great fighter great man and obviously you know he won't he won't listen to this but wish him all the best um uh, for the future with his family because yeah he's deserved he's deserved every bit of um success um he's ever had and every kind of future success anyway but yeah, Carl Frampton. It's a shame to see him lose, but you know he's he's still a, he's he's brought some absolutely fantastic nights um, uh, to British boxing fans and Irish boxing fans as well. So it's um uh, yeah, great fire and sort of great decent fella. He's one of those one of those guys I'd love to meet and like shake his hand. You know, and I don't know, that's a weird. I don't know if that's a weird like man thing, like a guy thing. We go, oh, I'd love to shake his hand and like meet him and like. I think it's just a big respect. It's just all about respect, man. Yeah, but um. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll stop sucking Carl Frampton's dick for now. But fantasy football, guys. Fantasy football is back after the dregs of the... Fact. More sport for you as well. So if you're not a sport fan, yeah, I do apologise. But, you know, this is the podcast. Anyway, fantasy football football is back after the dregs. The dregs of international football. I did watch the second half of England versus Poland, which wasn't too bad. It was obviously that mistake from Stones. But even then... Which is quite a weird mindset thing. I thought we were gonna still gonna win anyway. Five years ago, you know, I would have thought like, oh, for God's sake, we'll concede another stupid goal or something like that. And that's some, uh, that's what Gareth Southgate has done. He gets a lot of hate, and I think he's um, he deserves a lot of credit as well because there's other games like the Croatia game in the not the World Cup, obviously, but there's in the Nations League when we were fl- me and my mates were flying back from Budapest at that time, and they were watching it on their phone. We were one nil down. Or one all the time. I was like, I oh, will still win, and I, you know, that's that's against a really good team like Croatia who just beat us in the World Cup. So I thought, I think mentality, yes, yeah, it's, it's a good it's a good thing to kind of be an England fan at the moment. And I want to watch. I wanted to watch more of the internationals because I want to have a good idea of how they're playing, how the how we sort of setting England up. But um, 
that was their last competitive game before the World Cup, World, World Cup, the Euros. So hopefully, anyway, it'll be good Euros anyway, hopefully. But yeah, fantasy football is back. Um, obviously, after the uh, six players, 18 points, the notorious six players and 18 points, and I still got away with it. Um, a bit more of a closer week this week, so I needed a big week. I didn't really get a big, big week this week uh, because I know that Jack and Arthur are hot on my tails in the Fen League on fantasy points. So I got 35 points this week. Um, uh, defence was a bit, sh- bit shocking, really. Seven points from defence. Ruben Diaz uh, getting me the points there. If I would have played John Stones, he wouldn't have got me anything. My bench, absolutely shocking this week. Like zero for McCarthy, zero for Dyer. Two points for Dwight McNeil and zero points from John Stones. So even if I would have played John Stones, it wouldn't have got anything anyway. But Casper Schleichen in goal, one point, one solitary point, which is, well, sort of proved me, actually, we'll, we'll get back to that in a second. It's a good thing I picked him. But Cresswell, one point. Uh, Diaz, six points. And then I got um, Fernandez, Bruno Fernandes in midfield, captain, 10 points. Abamyang, Abama who? On... Two points, McGinn on two points, Zaha on two points, Calvert Lewin on two points, Patrick Bamford on two points, and Ollie Watkins on seven points. A grand total of 35 points, which puts me to a grand total of six one six eight one. And for the first time, I've been caught up with. So Jack O'Connor, shout out to Jack O'Connor. Um, he is now on the same exact points as me. So it's now it's officially a title race, boys. So congratulations, you're now on my level. Um it's a big deal for you, um, uh, as much as it is, it's always been a, it's always been the norm for me. But um, and then Arthur, Mister, the man who is obsessed with me, he's always on at me. He's now ten points behind, so he must be doubly excited. He's got the biggest fucking rock on right now because he's ten points behind me. He's, he's within sniffing distance, but he won't get there because I will win. Uh, made a couple of cheeky transfers this week. I'd say I only just had the sort of. Um, Money to get into. I've still, I've still yet to play my free, my free hit. Still yet to play it, bro. Um, but this week, fairly confident. I can. I'm always confident anyway. But um, my defenders, they're all playing at home this week. So hopefully that'll be a bit of a um, good one. Leeds are playing Man City. I've got two Man City defenders at the back, and I've got Patrick Bamford up front. So I'm not sure if that's a kind of double-edged sword, really. Um, hopefully. I'd rather, obviously, the clean sheet and, like you say, Diaz and Stones have gotten a couple of goals here and there, haven't they? So hopefully that can, you know, prove quite good for me. I brought in Mason Mount and they're playing Palace. Um, I'm a Palace fan, but I've got no confidence or hope that they will win at all. So he and the form he's on at the moment, he should he should smash in a few goals. Um, obviously Bruno Fernandes, they're playing Spurs, so that'll be a good game actually because Spurs are in a bit of a icky point and Man United are. Are playing quite well at the moment. They seem to be digging them out and uh, getting the results. So obviously Bruno Fernandes is a big part of that. I brought in Harry Kane as well, as well for the first time this season, which is a good thing. And yeah, other than that, so just the points, the players I brought in this week is Mason Mount, Harry Kane, um, uh, two of England's finest, and hopefully that should um, uh, give me some points. But Dwight McNeil, um, Burnley are playing Man United, not Man United, playing Newcastle. That should hopefully get a couple of assists, maybe a goal. And then who else is there? Patrick Manford playing Man City. We've already spoke about that. Man United playing um, Spurs. So Kane and Fernandez going heads ahead. Um, obviously got Zahar in there. Hopefully he can do something. He's the only fucking person who does do something in that team of bin men. Um, and then I've left Chilwell on the bench. And I've got Ollie Watkins up front. He scored a hat trick against Liverpool last time. Not that it's going to be 7-2 again. But here's for hoping. Here's for uh, here's for hoping. Because man, man needs the points, you know. Man's needing the points, you know. It's getting a bit tight at the top. But still, no sweat off my brow. Um, but anyway, speaking of Crystal Palace, actually, I'm not going to... Um, we drew on the weekend, and it was decent performance. Guaita again in goal. Fantastic. But still doesn't change my stance on it. We need to we need to get rid of Roy Hudson. Anyway, I won't get myself in a tiv. But... Um, what is the, today today? It's the 8th of April. It's only four days from now where you can go to the pub outside, outside dining, outside drinking with your mates from different households. Um, six people, I think, is the capacity um, for the whole pub. No, for like six. Um, I think it's just six people you can meet up with. 
Um, so that'll be it's still still going to be good. So people, pub, it's going to be good to we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago. It's going to like that first few days going to be projected like three hundred or like four four fifty four hundred fifty million in the first like four days. That's like ridiculous. I'm not not surprised by it, but that's ridiculous. Um, hopefully, some restaurants can do some like outdoor dining as well um, because that'll be good for them. To get um. Uh, Get the high street back almost, and get the um, well, not the high street, but just the independent businesses back um, almost. So, yeah, it's it's gonna be good. Hopefully, the weather, hopefully the hopefully the sun stays, and it gets a bit fucking warmer, so we can you know enjoy sitting outside with our with our kill beverages. But yeah, it's uh, good times are coming back, um, and they said I think Chris Whitty said that we're now going to treat the coronavirus as the flu so people get kind of jabs every single year and there'll be no more lockdowns but they've said that before so keep an eye out look after yourself and uh, look after your family so just uh, they're not looking after you this uh this uh this tory bunch so um uh, keep an eye out for yourself um what else have i got to do oh yeah um last week i'm a bit late on the uptake on this one but last week i found i found this funny and a lot of people it was quite a big story online um michael rapaport and Kevin Durant kind of went at each other. Now, for people who don't know who these these the two perpetrators are, Michael Rappaport, he was in Friends. He's an he's an American actor. He's from New York, the king of trash talk apparently. And he's on, he's been on Friends. He was, he was years ago. It's like Phoebe's um, boyfriend who was the cop, and he shot the bird when they're in bed. And yeah, that's him. So. He's been in other stuff, but more so, but more so in America. A lot of people in the UK don't really know who he is, um, but he's a bit of a regular fixture, and he's got his own podcast and blah blah blah. Uh, Kevin Durant is um, one of the best players in the NBA. One of the um, uh, bit of a sort of polarizing figure. A lot of people have mixed opinions on him. I, I really like him. I think he's. I I, just, I like his sort of um like, like I like this about most American um, athletes. They're kind of. There's no sort of bullshit about them when it comes to like talking to press and stuff like that. There's a famous clip of KD, you know, talking, you know, about the press about free agency, and he's, you know, it's it's refreshing to see those athletes like that who aren't robots, uh, unlike footballers who, if they say one thing out of line over here, they, you know, they're they're kind of castrated. So it's quite good. I, I like him for that, and I just I like him as a. I'm, basketball fan so I like him as a player um, but he um, is known as a bit of a sensitive guy um, he's been claimed as a bit of a sensitive guy on social media and has he's responded to people before And but not not like he's probably DM'd people but people haven't you know uh, shown the DM's until now um, so this was like I'm doing like a bit of a dramatic reading but this is a bit of a kind of I don't know I'm, just, I'm trying to set this up but um so Kevin Durant had a um, an interview. Yes, basically just kind of cut the interview down like after a game, like post match on TNT. Um, Charles Barkley, shout out Charles Barkley, um, who was saying like just gave him a question. He was like, "Yeah, so like, you guys, you're just working on your game," and he was and and all that stuff. And and then uh, Kevin Durant just went, "Yeah," and it was just like stopped dead there. So it was just kind of um, and so this was back then. It was like in the December time. When this happened, December, November, uh, where Kevin Durant and Michael Rappaport had a bit of an exchange, and Michael Rappaport exposed Kevin Durant to the world with the DMs, and not really a good thing to do. Um, obviously, if it's if it's back and forth on the main feed, you can tell what I'm going to read. This it's not really appropriate for your main feed, but if you're Kevin Durant, but he, he's quite famous for having burner accounts as well. He just kind of he, and quite a lot of people have burner accounts, but. Michael Rappaport tweeted about KD seemed deeply in his feelings with the NBA TNT crew after the game. Damn it, he's super sensitive about everything. Don't do the interview. Um, uh, a lot of people got a bit of attraction from that. KD, you a bitch. And then but it, this this when it comes back. So KD responded um, uh, with the DMs with you a bitch. Um, dot, dot, dot. Um, Michael Rapport, just do just do the fucking interview, and if you're upset, some if you, if you're upset about something that they've said, say something up there like you're gonna cry and shit. Kevin Durant, I did the interview, dickhead. Tell your baby daddy Chuck he better do his job and frame the questions better. He gave me two options for that dumbass question: yes or no. It then continues. So something has obviously been said. 
and then we can't see this bit so kind of a timeline is a bit muffled here but then KD responds to this is more I heard it all before you cunt Chuck doesn't doesn't need a security you pale pasty cum guzzling bitch I swear I'm a spit in your face I see your dirty ass bet your life on it meet me on west 17th tomorrow at 10 or better yet what's your address 10am at it changes then 10am at catch steak on the corner meet me there pussy Rappaport responds it's like a time it's a muffled timeline again Rappaport responds go help the kids in Brownsville Brooklyn and stop being a fucking puzz maybe that means puzz puss KD responds you a bitch for even caring about how I do an interview. All you do is cocksuck other men for attention. Trump didn't pay, Trump didn't pay any attention to your sorry ass. So you now want to use everybody and get views and laughs. Your life is a joke, you fucking pale cocksucker. Go get some sun. It's fucking with your brain. Piece of shit. Rapport again. Go to Brownsville and help people that need it, goofball. You go do it, you clown. Good for you. I think that might have been... I'm not sure if there was, yeah. So KD responds, you you go do it, you clown. Good for you, but nobody gives a fuck. Suck a dick. Can't wait till I t tell you this in person. Rappaport. And obviously this this next bit, Michael Rappaport, obviously, like I said, the so-called king of trash talk loves, you know, go at people and, you know, kind of make slights of people or this and that. And um, he's seen as tough New York, Mr. New York, you know, I'm fuck, I'm, you know, what's up, cocksuck, all that bollocks. And then, you know, he's, he sued or tried to sue um, Dave Portnoy, obviously founder of Barstool Sports, uh, for defamation of character. And obviously you see the video that completely backfired and then he tried to um, sue Smitty as well from Barstool for like, basically, you know, Trash talking. He, he tried to sue other people for what he claims he's the best at doing. He's the king of doing. So he kind of just chuck his, threw his toys out the pram. And that's the classic thing. If you can't can't give it out or if you can't, um, uh, if you can't dig it out or whatever. If you, fuck, I can't even say the phrase. I've completely butchered it. But anyway, but he sued someone. He tried to sue someone for... Because Dave Portnoy, he was... Michael Rappaport did work for Barstool for a little bit, but then he was fired for something he said. can't remember exactly what he said and what he did, but he was fired. And then, obviously, there's a bit of a heat exchange, if you're aware of, like, Barstool Sports, and, like, they, they're not really afraid to go at people, high profile or not. And they um, basically, you know, just give it back to him, pretty much. And he didn't like it, so he tried to sue them for defamation of character. And, uh, you know, just... Yeah, it was... It's kind of, kind of, a bit kind of hypocritical, really, because he he calls himself the king of trash talk, and he can't really take a fucking joke. Um, and so, easy money, easy easy money sniper KD comes back with ha laughing face, crying laughing face. You called your lawyer like a pussy. You are ha. ha, ha. You couldn't talk Portnoy. You couldn't take Portnoy talking shit. Defamation of character. Crying laugh emoji. Pussy ass want to lawyer up. Your wife must. Your wife mad as fuck because you wasting that little money, that little bit of money, on a lawyer because you can't take a joke. Ha! <laughs> How pussy are you? Your wife doesn't even respect you. Your bitch ass. And that's my favorite bit. Your bitch ass. So there's a bit of controversy about that. So that was my sort of dramatic reading, as you will, um, of the exchange between Michael Rappaport and Kevin Durant. But. It's got it's backfired on both of them because Kevin Durant has had a fifty thousand dollar fine from the NBA for his um, for for his for his obviously his word his kind of DMs to Michael Rappaport, but you shouldn't really be expect like Michael Michael, Michael Rappaport Michael Rappaport shouldn't really be um, uh, exposing these. He shouldn't be making them public. Like sort this shit out like grown ups like. You can, and and he calls himself like the trash talk, the trash talking king. You know, he goes at people all the time, and like he's expecting them to take it on the chin and um, and all that stuff. And now he's like, he's being obviously the stuff that's gone over the line there. Like he's calling him a, he's mentioning him is he's Kevin Durant's mentioning his wife and and everything like that, and just being quite. He's saying I can't wait to spit on you, which is not a very nice thing to say. That's just not a very nice thing to do, but. Just kind of keep that between yourselves. Like you shouldn't really 
if you want to, obviously, if you know he's a bad person, you know he's a bad person. Like, and obviously, he's kind of fucked him up with his money. Like, fifty—I know fifty thousand dollars to Kevin Durant is like kind of like a drop in the ocean, but still, like, it's fifty thousand um, dollars. But yeah, Michael Rappaport—he's kind of gone back at himself here because he's—he's he's sort of seen as the kind of trash talking king, like king of New York. You know, he's fucking rock solid. He's made of made of fucking stone. You know, nothing can phase him. He's a fucking cupcake by the sounds of things. So. And he tried to sue people for basically doing what he does every single day online, on Twitter, on his own podcast. So, yeah, and it sort of backfired for him. And I know he's gone on like Shannon Sharp and um, and Shannon Sharp's like, bruh, 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 you shouldn't shouldn't expose the DMs. He shouldn't have done that. But um, I think yeah, it's just, it's just a funny. It was just a funny thing. It's quite funny to see like because, like I said, you never see. If, if that came out from like a football, if they, trying to think of the equivalent of like a, a, a Premier League footballer is to Kevin Durant over here. If say if, um, I can like Kevin De Bruyne, probably thinking of because of the name Kevin, but imagine if Kevin De Bruyne like was, you know, DM'd or fucking like Jonathan Ross. Like Jonathan Ross, he's not the same, but similar in a way. Like, but imagine if like they had a, like, like series of DMs to each other and like Kevin De Bruyne is calling Jonathan Ross like a pussy ass bitch Kevin De Bruyne would be fucking hung up to fucking dry like he'd be fucking slung up by his bollocks it'd be like they they demand to send him back to Belgium because they're because footballers are kind of it's a shame that footballers are kind of like this and I think like not that I don't not that I want people to kind of go into people's DMs and like start slanging each other off because that's just not healthy. That's not that's not good for anybody. I know a lot of people get a lot a lot a lot of online abuse and that's just not nice at all. But I think it's obviously just respond like Kevin Durant's just like kind of like I said he's a bit sensitive sometimes it seems he has a bit of history of like sensitivity, but he's kind of defending himself like he's in a way he sees it as a good thing because he's defending himself um, and you can sort of rationalise that. But I don't, I don't know what I'm trying to say, really. Because it's, it's just good to... I'm saying in the interviews, they're good, like, say, with, you know, the TNT and, and whatnot. It's good to see they've got, like, a bit... I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm just digging myself a fucking hole there. But anyway, a funny exchange between those two, which um, it's just, it just funny. It was just kind of... when you It's one of them things you see on Twitter or Instagram. You're like... <gasps> like that. You're like... <gasps> God. Like, you're, very, you're just very, like, shocked by it. Oh, got an email. Two seconds. Oh my god! Um, but yeah, emails going off galore. But yeah, that was it. That was the dramatic reading of uh, of uh, KD versus Michael Rap. The people versus Michael Rapport. Um, yeah. Well, I've mentioned I've been watching a lot of telly as well recently. I watched the other day. Watched two films to back back to back, which I've not done in ages. Actually, I've watched and I watched this first film. Watched Unforgiven because I watched a clip on Joe Rogan when he had Adam. Uh, Eastwood, I think it's Adam Eastwood, Clint Eastwood's son, on there, and he was talking about like his dad being Clint Eastwood. Like Joe Rogan's like, your dad's fucking Clint Eastwood. What's that like? And he sort of talks about that. And he's he's like Adam Eastwood is like the spit image of his dad. Like that's it's crazy. That's always kind of weirds me out when you see that because it's just even when you see like people's um, so like their grandfather, like say 50, 60 years ago. So two general, like a generation forward, and then I like, say, you know, the, his his grandson, they look exactly the same. That's, that, to me, that's kind of crazy genetics, man. Um, but yeah, watched um, Unforgiven, which I hadn't seen in years. I remember what, first watching that in the hospital, which is a bit of a weird place to watch Unforgiven. But that's a great film. That's a really really good film. I forgot how good that was, and felt long, but it wasn't that long. It felt like a kind of really quick two hours. And it's got a great cast, really just classic Clint Eastwood, really. And just a very, like, like I've always said on this podcast, like, you pick up new things every time you watch watch something else or watch something for the second time or third time. And I remember that there's the kid in that who just talks, like, talks the talk the whole time and he's talking about, because Clint Eastwood's character is like a famed killer, like just cold-blooded killer of women, children, men anything that's sort of walked and crawled the earth he's killed um and he's fairly just callous and cold about it but he's trying to make a new life for himself like you know on a farm and he gets brought this opportunity because um this woman gets cut up quite badly 
which is which is not a very comfortable scene to watch as well. It's not very nice. And then, yeah, because it's still quite graphic. Even to this day, it's very graphic still. And not a lot of people say, oh, yeah, it's fucking old. That's, that's one thing I cannot stand. And probably should calm down about this. But people my age, you know who you fucking are, you lot, who say, like, you recommend a film or like, you watch a film and you're like, oh, when was it? Oh, it's a bit old, isn't it? Like, even year 2000, like the 90s or something like that. I think that film was 1992. But for some people I know, you know who you fucking are. A lot of people, I'm not not singling out anyone, but I'm just the whole broad spectrum. So a lot of people go, oh, it's a bit too old, isn't it? It's like, well, what does that mean? Like, what? Do, even my stepdad the other day, because oh, it's a bit old, isn't it, this film? What, what does that mean? It's, it's still a good film. It's not like a shit, it's not because I'm oh, old, it's shit. It's not, you know, a footballer. Who's like fucking? Fi- of course, if a footballer is like 50, 60 and he still wants to play, obviously he's going to be shit compared to a young footballer. But it's not—it's not a very good comparison I've just made. But anyway, it's like fucking get over yourself. I need to calm down about this. But anyway, it's still a good film, even if it's old. It's still a good film. The problem is you. The problem is you, not like wanting to watch it or whatever because your attention span is fucking shit. Um, Sorry for that tirade. Apologies. Apologies there for anyone I have offended. But uh, do you know what I mean, though? It's just a bit... It's kind of annoying when you want to watch a film with someone and they're like, oh, like we can't we can't do this, we can't do that. Can't watch this because he's old. It's like, what does that mean? What does that... Li- like, literally, go a bit deeper with that. Like, just... Anyway, Unforgiven, great movie. Watch it. <laughs> but um, watching that, there's the kid in that the young boy, because obviously he teams up with Morgan Freeman, his old friend... And uh, the young lad's just chatting shit the whole time about how many men he's killed. He's talking the talk and, you know, he walks the walk. But when he does it, eventually he's like, oh, Jesus, I've killed a man. But that was a really good film. I hadn't seen that in a long time. And then I watched this other film, which I had never seen before, never heard of before. It's called Sleepers. What's that right after afterwards? And that's very, very, like, well, it's just not a very heartwarming film um it's just about basically about a group of four boys from hell's kitchen new york who um were sent to a boys home and then they were abused by the people who worked at the boys home and it's just yeah obviously a good film great film but it's very um and it's a true story as well but it's very <laughs> unforgiven to that was quite a uh not a very not a very heartwarming heartfelt evening shall we say, but good films nevertheless, and I'd, I'd never seen that film before, I'd never heard of that either, which is a bit of a, bit of a shock, me, um, but that was, I think that was made in 95, God, it's too fucking old, um, but still, very good film, what else, oh yeah, what I posted last night on, oh, what else did I fucking, I rewatched The Last Dance as well, because I just, I love that, I, I think that's great, and, because I don't think that really ever gets hold. Also, been rewatching a little. Been watching a lot of The Office. Watched um, the US Office. Um, I came to the episode where spoiler, spoiler alert. So please, this is um, if you've never seen the US Office, please. There's not many spoilers in the show, but please turn off if well not turn off. Just cut, go away for five seconds or five like two minutes. Um, giving you plenty of chance here. But when Jim and Pam uh, get married, the, that episode, those two episodes, when they're in um, uh, Niagara Falls, that's just a really heartwarming. At the end of it is just like a really, really heartwarming, you know, scene, and really like just very nice, just, just, just lovely, just lovely to watch. And their like their whole sort of courtship from the start to finish, and or start to start to that point, and then when they obviously eventually get married, they go to the Niagara Falls, and then the, the Chris Brown song. Everything about it is brilliant. It's really there was a great and is there and there's the bit at the end where uh, Pam and Jim they're looking out onto Niagara Falls on the boat for that like split second. It's just a like, quiet scene. They're sort of just in love and just happy. Is there another sitcom like comedy like that? A comedy like similar to the US Office that can sort of make you laugh like that much and then kind of warm your heart at the same time, like all in one all in one moment. Like that, they they show a bit more after that moment. I won't kind of completely spoil it for you um, with other parts, but they do um, bring that out again, like later on and when the show's near its end. But 
is there another show that kind of does that? It's really like, it makes you kind of barrel laughing and then like really kind of just a heartwarming, heartfelt moment at the end. That just no, nothing, nothing like Matt, nothing, nothing massive, but just really simple as such as, you know, two, a married couple just kind of walking out, just looking out into the Niagara Falls, like completely in love, completely, you know, embracing each other. Is there anything, I can't think of, I remember people made the comparison with like, I know it's a, I know it's an old series, but um, Only Fools and Horses, when they'd say like, I can't remember the writer, they would say he was like one of the few writers who could, you know, have that fine balance. And they could do that. They did that in Scrubs as well quite a lot, which they did really well. I remember there was like the funeral scene in Only Fools and Horses where Grandad died and they find, obviously it's a really sad moment and obviously there's no gags being pulled or anything like that. And then you see the um, Grandad's like famous hat or uh, Dell and Rodney see Grandad's hat on the car, on the bonnet of the car, and they they sort of like, oh. they obviously someone's brought it with them and he's left it on the on, on the car and they they grab it and they kind of walk away together and you're like, oh, that's a nice moment, moment. It's too nice. And then the the priest or the the funeral director's like, anybody see my hat? And obviously it's a funny moment because they've just you know they've completely they've misplaced the hat and you have to watch it. But yeah, that. that but is there is there another kind of sitcom like that, like The Office, that can pull out those moments? Is there? Please let me know. Um, but anyway, that's um, US Office. I'm rewatching that quite a lot. Um, that's one of them shows you can just rewatch and just you still get the same satisfaction as the first time. Maybe not the same because obviously you watch it for the first time. It's hilarious, but you just you get excited when they have those little snippets at the start. Obviously, with Dwight's fire drill is the most famous one. Like you get kind of excited because it's just you know it's going to be a good time. Um, what I am rewatching now as well is Ozark because I want to prepare myself for the next the final season and I want to refresh it and have a good sort of um, thing in my mind of what's happened. I'm on series one episode five, so they've obviously moved from Chicago to the Ozarks, and I am thinking already because I posted this on the social media last night don't forget to vote who is like the better character who's like that's a bit too broad but who do you prefer Martin Bird or Walter Walter White and the instant comparison the instant thing I took from like watching restart because I just rewatched Breaking Bad if you remember just just finished that for like the third time and I love that show it's a great show but my opinion kind of changed of Walt and I've got to kind of like I said, you develop, you see new things as you watch it again. With Martin Bird, Marty, Marty Bird, like, he's far more, cut, like, straight away. Yeah, obviously he's a bit, if you've watched it, yeah, it's a bit, some spoilers in this, so whatever. But the first um, episode where Martin is, you know, negotiating with uh, Del Del Rio, the drug cartel boss, about, you know, Going to the Ozarks, there's more coastal land in the whole of California. You know, drug money, you can really just make, like, you can make him fucking so much money and make him rich. Yeah, he's kind of panicking because he's, he's, you know, basically trying to save his own life, trying to save his family's life after he's, a lot of people have just been killed in front of him. But even, I, I find Marty more kind of calm under pressure than Walt ever was. Walt is only like that after he gets all the money like he's only like the kind of heisenberg and yeah say my name at a certain point most of the series most of the whole show he's a fucking bitch who's like no that's unfair but like he's not he's just kind of he's he's really intimidating by like he's intimidated by mike he's intimidated by um, and you could say yeah he's like an elderly he's like a fairly like elderly middle-aged man with cancer but Marty is like early forties, mid forties. Not a very strong man. Like, yeah, he's not got you know that illness, but he's still not going to do any damage. He kind of just does the damage with his words. Like Martin Bird is like such a cold, calculated character. It's like, and it's made me like love the show even more. Like every character in that, you could even make comparisons with like the kids, like Wendy. 
she get like as the show progresses, Wendy Bird, she kind of um, becomes a kind of character in herself. Like you compare her to Skylar, obviously Skylar was like an absolute bitch most of the show, and then like as um, kind of came later on, I didn't really get much sympathy for for, for Skylar near the end of Breaking Bad because she was like she was basically an accomplice. She never really. She didn't say no to the money. She didn't say no to like. She still washed up the money for him, and she still um, uh, laundered money for um, you know uh, Walt's drug card drug thing. But um, like the characters, like yeah, Ruth. Ruth's the truth, man. Ruth is the best character in that show. Like when she when they um, uh, when they steal the safe from the strip club in like episode four, when he, when Marty pays her, and then she pays like uh, free and his mates to go in there and like just you know because they're underage and they can get the cops there and when she gives them like she kisses, she goes I need two grand Marty she gets two grand off him and then she hands them however much money each splits it to, splits it to, and then she kind of stops because she's she's the real authoritarian in that show she's fucking brilliant and when she says like he goes if any of you deviate from the fucking plan, I will take a doll knife and cut y'all. Like that was just, and she means she means it, but that made me laugh. Like even though it's like, I know just Ruth, yeah, Ruth's the truth. She's the best character in that show. Like she just gets better and better. Like Marty's fantastic, Wendy's great, Charlotte and Jonah, Shona, Shona, Charlotte and Shona, Shona, Jonah just becomes a fucking badass. But like that's all. That's almost quite a sad thing because he loses his innocence as a child because I'm not sure how old he is I think he's like uh, maybe 12 11, 12 um, in the first season obviously just a very young boy and Charlotte's 15 so she's still a very young girl but she's very mature um, like she just sounds very grown up but yeah you can Jonah's sort of innocence gets um, killed quite a lot as the show progresses and that's quite sad but he kind of cops on very quickly and becomes quite cold and because he's a fairly distant child anyway a very kind of bit weird in places but um whereas walter jr all he wants to eat is fucking breakfast like that's that's all that's all he brings he just brings fucking breakfast to the table that's it um which is not a bad thing but like you look back on like walter jr like his his um character development there's there really is none which is quite um because obviously he's, he's 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 got his infliction, and it's a great performance because um I think R J Mitty is he he was in um he was in Survivor with like Bear Grylls as well he was in that like Celebrity Survivor and I think he had to leave but he's um obviously he's great he's great in the show but his character development isn't like that great when you think about it um Walter Junior which nobody I don't think anyone really thinks about but he's not really. He's like a main character. He's there, but he's not really like a main character. He's always there, but he's not a main character because he doesn't really... It's just like basically Walt and Skylar trying to pull the wool over his eyes all the time. And he always does it because he's just lured by bacon and pancakes, um, which anyone fucking would, to be fair. So I would. But you bring bacon and pancakes to me and then I'm, I'm going to gobble it up. Uh, but yeah, Ozar, I, I'm going to say... Is it a bold statement to say the acting is better? In Ozark, I've watched it before. I'm, I'm rewatching it now, but is it said because I think because there are so many comparisons to it's because obviously you know both are involved in drug cartels and stuff. But I think yeah, like it's just it's just so many comparisons. There's so many. Um, I think I think Martin Bird is a far better because <coughs> as it yeah because even when he gets some. Uh, like kidnapped on his bike by Jacob and the Snells, he's like fighting back and he's like, "Get the fuck off me! Get the fuck!" Obviously, he's scared, but he's not like kind of curled up in a ball. Like Walt would be like, like really kind of like. Obviously, that's the normal reaction, but like, I don't know. I, I, I'm not. I don't know what I'm trying to say. This podcast has been a bit kind of making points, but not really having a point at the same time. Um, but yeah, Ozark. Um, if you've not watched it, watch that um, because the. New season. Hope is coming out soon. I really hope because I'm gonna say that's one of my top five shows of all time. Ozark is fucking brilliant, and I can't wait to rewatch it. I'm getting excited. Anyway, um, I'm gonna wrap, wrap this up about an hour um, podcast. So that's quite a good way to end it. Um, uh, please go look on fasterpasta.com. 
um, to check out the latest menus, the latest recipes, and also there's some exclusive content coming your way very soon um, uh, with Fasta Pasta, the official pop spot, uh, podcast the sponsor of the podcast, Cambridge's premier fresh pasta delivery service, Fasta Pasta. And also go and check out um, Gambi Kenny Art for any um, greeting cards or um, uh, or anything like that. For um, I know Easter is gone, but people still have birthdays. People still have um, moments in their life where you know it needs a celebration, like they pass their driving test. Blah, blah, blah. So go check out Gambi Kenny Art on Instagram, both accounts on Instagram. Um, and also go and check out... Um, also, if you've not... Um, subscribed or listened or anything like that um go on spotify subscribe also go on um the the soundcloud um pop on the soundcloud because the episodes episodes 4 to 12 or episodes 4 all episode from all the episodes are fucking on there sorry i can't even speak but go and check out soundcloud at voice notes um voice notes podcast on soundcloud and obviously on um spotify the links are in the bio so go and check it out um Hope you guys have a great week. Um, thank you very much for listening. Thank you all for um, reaching out and obviously just sending me well wishes um, and everything like that, following on from the last podcast um, uh, and just feedback on the podcast. Um, uh, it's appreciated more than you can, you guys can ever know. So um, uh, really thank you um, for listening and um, just showing support. So uh, keep doing that. Um, keep liking, keep subscribing and um, uh, follow the page as well. Um, but yeah, have a great week, everybody. Um, hope it's not too cold for everyone soon. And by the ne- by, this time next week, we'll be all been able to go to the fucking pub, so we'll all be smashed. So have a great week. Have a great weekend, everybody. Enjoy the weather um, and keep smiling. Thanks very much. Bye.